Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program is officially on the clocks. Welcome back, everybody. You, you know, uh, I want to I want to choke somebody. I want to throw somebody out the door, down the steps. I don't know. Put my hands around their neck and just squeeze. And they all happen to be in Congress. These people who suffer from some kind of a virus that's connected to this Beltway bubble disconnect. Do do you people who are behaving so childishly not realize that there are people out here who are freaking struggling? And we don't have time for your freaking games. Comcast guys in the hallway going, oh my gosh, I'm out of here. <laughs> but this is where it is. This Tom McClintock, okay? He's a congressman from California. He's probably been there a bazillion years. Looks like a nice enough fellow. He's got nice white hair. Probably he's in his 70s, right? Leave, Tom, leave. You're an embarrassment, sir. Listen to this. Representative Tom McClintock issued a scathing letter mocking Representative Matt Gates and other anti-Kevin McCarthy Republicans after the group pledged to face censure and punishment in the hopes of getting their desired House Speaker elected. So he writes a letter. All right. Seven House Republicans, including Gates, pled with Jim Jordan holdouts that they would gladly accept censure suspension, even removal from the conference, if it meant getting Jim Jordan as speaker. The pledge failed, as you know. The House still has no speaker. We've got nine guys, I guess, who are going for it. We're going to talk about Byron Donalds in a second, in a second, but in a bitingly satirical letter. No, it wasn't bitingly satirical. It was kindergarten, Tom Kindergarten, Mr. Fiscal Liberal 
This is what he wrote. Scorched earth, he said. All right. This is what they are saying on Breitbart about this letter. Quote, your letter of October 20th, in which you graciously offer to martyr yourselves as long as you can get your way, is perhaps the most selfless act in American history, McClintock wrote. And quick to put out on Twitter so we could get, oh, that's so great by all of the people who are the rhinos who need to be primaried out. Continues, I was certain that our Republican colleagues who refused to vote with the Republican majority would have been inspired by your stirring example of party discipline and loyalty to vote with the team as you so eloquently planned it. And it goes on and on in such a syrupy and prepubescent girl sleepover party fashion. Tom, you suck. Let's just put it at that. If you haven't read it, go find it. It's just... This is what is wrong with where we are. Don't you dare come to us, Congressman McClintock, and implore us to vote one way or another when this is how you behave. And by the way, does everybody now, are you all awakened to how slow and plottingly ineffective government is? What the hell were you doing all weekend? Why do you need a weekend off? And then we're going to talk. We're going to have our little high school election speeches today. And then I guess tomorrow they'll vote probably at like 6 p.m. I don't know about you guys. Why do we have to wait? And then the Democrats. This is an embarrassment. We need this stuff now. Hurry up. We need to spend billions of dollars that we don't have. I mean, does anybody else have that disconnect? Or is it just me? I know it's not me. Byron Donald's, though on over the weekend with Fox, said something I think that was very good. He walked through, if he is going to be a potential candidate, and he is, he threw his hat in the speaker's race, he and a bunch of others, and he says, look, I'm very basic. I have a very basic idea about where we need to go. And he says, this is not about spending more money to further bankrupt my children, your children, and our children's children. Here's Byron Donald's number one. We don't have a money problem with respect to the exactly. southern border. We have a policy problem. The policies were put in place by Joe Biden when he became president of the United States. Those policies have to be reversed. House Republicans have supported the strongest border security package that has ever passed the House of Representatives in H.R. 2. The elements of H.R. 2, frankly, all of it should be implemented immediately uh, by the White House. They can do this tomorrow. So if the White House is going to come and say they want more money, um, then we're going to say no you need to change your policies because the american people want to be support they want to be supportive around the globe we are going to be supportive of israel but we must secure our border it must occur and it needs to happen immediately so hr2 was what he floated which a lot of people did not like but the moderates did it called for an eight percent reduction in spending you know, I want a 50% reduction in spending until we pay back our debt, right? 8% money for the border, no more money for Ukraine. People thought that was okay. The staunch Republicans were like, no, we don't want that. And so basically it got bounced. And then so did Kevin McCarthy, right? That's when the vote came out and said, get out. So what about funding for Ukraine? How do you feel about that? That's the question of the congressman who's running for speaker from Florida. Listen. My position is, is that we have to change a number of things. Number one, we need an inspector general over there actually accounting for those dollars. Number two, the White House needs to actually have a strategy for us. Mm -hmm. um, and what's the purpose and what's the end goal of all of this? 
All of that has not been clear. And here's the biggest one, Rachel. This money has to be paid for. The White House wants $60 billion. Meanwhile, the, one of the key elements of their, their plan uh, with respect to the Green New Deal, estimates are it's going to cost the American people $1 to $2 trillion. We have to pay for this money. We, don't just, we can't just send it out um, without any ability to take care of the purse strings of the American people. And so- we need to make sure that's done. And we need to make sure that's done. How about this is a really crazy idea because you do it every day at your house and I do it at mine because I manage our finances. If you have an expense that's coming and you don't have the money for it, you have to cut somewhere else in your budget, right? Well, we're not going to be able to take a vacation this year. Well, we're not going to be able to go out as a family and have dinner once every week. Well, we're going to have to pull the string somewhere else, right? That's logical. And it seems that the congressman from Florida understands that. Number three. We have to evaluate what Ukraine already has. But number yeah. two, if the White House is going to say their primary mission now is funding Ukraine and they need to defund one of their other priorities, we are already $33 trillion in debt. We're running a $2 trillion deficit this year. We cannot continue this because the fiscal health of our nation will be in jeopardy. Number one reason why I want Byron Donalds, where I believe he is the biggest threat to the rhinos who are in bed with the liberals here is what he says next. This is it. Go. If you become speaker, will you release all of the January 6th footage? I will, absolutely. I will, absolutely. Very simple. There's no wavering. Well, you don't think about that. Well, I'm going to talk about, no, absolutely. Why wouldn't we? We deserve to know how much they lied. We deserve to know the degree to which fellow Americans have been abused and used as sacrificial lambs to perpetuate a myth that January 6th was some kind of an insurrection and that people who believe in the idea of making America great again are somehow threats to democracy. That all unravels with the release of 41,000 hours of video. Byron Donalds would release it. That's got my vote. Audio soundbite number five. How do we stay out of how do we stay out of a world war? What do we do? Listen. We have to be supportive of Israel. They are our ally. They were attacked and they must obliterate Hamas. Mm. I am fully supportive of that, as are my colleagues on Capitol Hill. They must obliterate Hamas. This is not complicated. All these people are coming out. Yay, pro-Palestine. I want the issue is rooting out the head of terror. That would be a really great objective. He seems unwavering in that the destruction of Hamas and finally the truth bomb of all truth bombs that Joe Biden has made America suck go Joe Biden's presidency has not been good for the American people they know that in spite of the impasse in-house leadership I think we're going to get back to work I think that we're going to demonstrate what conservative leadership is in the House of Representatives and we're going to be just fine in 2024 Mr. Congressman I sure hope that you get the votes that you need. Seems like you're the, the right olive branch, that bridge between the F's in the Liberty Score conservative members and the A's. And there are three times more F's than there are A's 
in terms of the, the Liberty score on conservative review. You know we talk about this all the time. You want to see how one somebody in your district votes? They say they're a Republican, but they vote opposite? Yeah, that's a great way. Or do not go anywhere. The hurry up argument. We're going to blow it out of the water. Why they want to rush, 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 rush while dragging their feet on everything else. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so let's talk about these uh, nine GOP candidates for your Speaker of the House, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So you got Tom Emmer, who gets a 69D in the Liberty score. He's endorsed by McCarthy. Perfect. You have Mike Johnson. He's got a 74C. I like Mike Johnson. Kevin Hearn, an 82B. Byron Donalds, 100A. Austin Scott, 65D. These are all their Liberty scores, right? All these people who are like, I should be the next speaker, right? Well, Jack Bergman, you got a 57F, so I'm going to go with take a seat, yo. Pete Sessions has a 63D. Gary Palmer, an 80B. And Dan Muser from Pennsylvania, no, no score listed. That's an F, three Ds, one C, two Bs, and one 100% A. Where do you think I'm going with this, guys? Of course, the person they are all most afraid of is the guy who wants the January tapes, January 6th tapes released ASAP. Well, this is interesting. So Representative Michael McCall, he's a Republican from Texas. He said on Sunday's This Week, ABC's This Week with Jonathan Carl, how how embarrassing it is. It's just so embarrassing, he says, for for us to watch what's going on in the house like people can't get together you know what sir michael mccall please i want you to hear what he has to say <laughs> and then we'll kind of i don't know we'll tear him apart after that how about that here you go of course i guess you need a speaker of the house before you get any of this done what a little uh, what detail. the hell's going on uh it's uh i have to say uh and it's my 10th term in congress yeah this is probably one of the most embarrassing uh, things I've seen, because if we don't have a Speaker of the House, we can't govern. And every day it goes by, we're essentially shut down as a government. We have very important issues right now, war and peace, and we cannot deal with an aid package or my resolution condemning Hamas and supporting Israel. We can't. Yeah, you can't even that. pass a resolution condemning Hamas. Because so we, well, so are, are you supporting? I, I mean, I, I've lost count now. I think we're, we're pushing uh, a dozen uh, candidates and potential candidates for speaker <laughs> who, who are you supporting I, look I, I i i haven't decided but i i want a speaker in the chair so we can move forward and govern my issues my committee of war and peace uh it's too dangerous right now it, the world's on fire and this is so dangerous what we're doing and most importantly it's embarrassing uh because it empowers and emboldens our adversaries like chairman Xi, who says you know democracy doesn't so, work you know what my man it, it, that that's such a lame excuse the world is on fire we need a speaker now if we don't have a speaker we can't govern well that's probably good because as long as you guys aren't governing quote unquote air quotes intended syrupy sarcasm totally intended if you're not governing we're not going further in debt you hack this isn't complicated And then Jonathan Carl, I mean, what the hell is going on? Well, Jonathan, we could say the same thing about your caucus. The clone trooper, vote in lockstep caucus. The don't think for yourself, do what everybody else does caucus. The spend money we don't have and make sure everybody's woke 
and broke and annoyed caucus. Is that the caucus you're talking about? Is that the group that you want to celebrate? Oh, look, they all agree. We should suck more. Yay, let's vote for those people. And this guy, right, McCall, my man. I've, this is my 10th term and all. That's problem number one, right? The world's on fire. We need to act. This is embarrassing. No, this is exactly what needs to happen. All of these people bubbling out of the surface. When have you ever heard this cat come out on television and talk? When was the last time? I've never. But all of a sudden, hmm, maybe this is my time to get into the spotlight. Hmm, yeah, see? I'm not going to say anything of substance. I'm going to say it's embarrassing. What's embarrassing, sir, is that you've been in Congress for 10 years or 10, 10 terms, right? 20 odd years now. And you've become a fixture, really comfortable with the way things are. Spending money that apparently you're not paying back. It's not embarrassing. This is called necessary. So all the voices out there who are going to pants on fire, oh my gosh, war! There's a war going on in this country. There is a fight for survival every damn day. There are people who are suffering and who are succumbing. We've got people dying in droves because of the drug trade, because of fentanyl. We've got a child sex operation in this country that is the most disgusting thing. I don't even know we can all think about it and process it. And you want us to be focused on war. I want to focus on America. I want to focus on what's going on here. Why are we funding everybody else and never ourselves? Why are we giving our money away when the Americans, the Republicans who are paying attention are saying, I'm done. I'm looking at your bank account and it's overdrawn. And unlike James Biden, there's not a millionaire billionaire guy who's going to swoop in and cover my debt. The same way there's nobody who's going to swoop in and cover our debt the way they did Hunter Biden's failure to pay his taxes. As Joe Biden tells you, pay isn't it so gross? See, you need a shower already. And I know you took one today, but we're just getting started. They don't want peace, my friends, any more than they want us to be healthy. You're thinking, what? What does that mean? Oh, boy, the connection. It makes sense. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I realize that I might live in a fantasy land. I'm deeply rooted here in reality, but I am a dreamer at heart. I believe that the sky is the limit, and I've raised my sons to believe that as well. That you are only limited by the limitations you put on yourself. Truly believe that. And I believe the harder you try to knock on a door that's not opening, the longer you're wasting your time because what you're being told to do is to take a turn. I prefer to turn to the right, <laughs> where if we are right, right? But the thing that I'm going to say to you right now is so very clear. This government doesn't want you well any more than they want us to be in peace. If we're at war, even directly or indirectly, if we're funding a war machine, there's money to be made. Money, 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 money. Not for you, not for me, but just using the Biden family, you know, crime syndicate as a predicate. You can see how, where does all the money go? Where are the receipts? Where, what, what did we get for that? 
Well, that's far too much bookkeeping. We couldn't possibly do that. We can sniff around your $600, you know, PayPal installments that you're making or paying to other people. But when it comes to the government misusing billions of our dollars, meh, we're, we're really busy. We don't have anything to do for that. We have a three-day weekend. We've got to take it, right? This is the same argument about keeping you addicted to pharmaceuticals. Why was it during COVID that the very basics of health and wellness became outlawed conversations? We weren't allowed to talk about basic nutrition. We weren't allowed to have an honest conversation about, well, this is a huge wake-up call for uh, the American population who, what, two-thirds of us are overweight or obese? What was one of the number one comorbidities when it came to COVID? Obesity, right? So we can have an honest conversation about taking charge as a, as a population and having a great uh, competition. Who could be the greatest loser? We could pit, pit this bank against that bank. We're going to have a grand, a grand weigh-in. Everybody's going to weigh-in, and we're going to give you guys three months. And at the end of three months... We are going to have another weigh-in, and whichever one has lost the most amount of weight, you get something, right? And you know what you get? You get lower insurance premiums, and you get lower out-of-pocket costs. Because when you're not obese, you're not sick, by and large. But we don't want to have these conversations. We need you constantly getting the next vaccination. We've gone from three shots from when I was a little kid to now 72 for children today. Why? We need to constantly fuel big pharma. It is a never-ending hamster wheel. And if you're well, if you're healthy, if you could take ivermectin and stop this COVID in its tracks, well, then where's the argument for you to go get vaccinated? I already got it, right? I already got sick. I have natural immunity. Or I've got my ivermectin. Or I got my zinc. Or I've got my vitamin C and D. You never notice how they came after people like that? talked about those sorts of things as those were fighting words well obviously it was proof that the money maker was you being sick the sicker you are the more money they make the happier they are there's a similar situation when it comes to war peaceful times don't create the never-ending slush fund for those in the huge industrial war complex right things can get a little lean so when i read this article on trending politics this morning I was like, wait a minute, what? Joe Biden and his administration had the opportunity to broker and facilitate a peace agreement between Ukraine and Russia well, on, very early on to the skirmish. And they said, no. Wait, come again. Here's your article. Headline. Ex-German chancellor reveals stunning details about derailed Ukraine peace deal, points finger at Biden administration. I'm thinking to myself, wait, what? When was there a peace talk? Well, I, I peripherally remember one quite a long time ago, right? I don't remember hearing in any of the news reports that the Biden administration had essentially sunk it. So let's get these details. German Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder, has claimed that the Biden administration blocked the Ukrainian government from agreeing to a peace agreement with Russia in the early days of the war. Huh. 
In an interview with the German outlook bearing Zeitling, Zeitung, sorry, I'm not German, Schroeder stated that he was asked if he could serve as a mediator between the warring nations back in 2022. Quote, the question was whether I could convey a message to Putin. There would also be someone who would have a very close relationship with the Ukrainian president himself. This was Rustam Umarov, the current minister of defense of Ukraine. He's the member of the Crimean Tatar minority, Tatar minority, the former chancellor said, and I beg your pardon, I'm not schooled in these things, but this is what the takeaway was. The question was, how do we end the war? Well, if you don't want the war to end, you just say, no. And apparently that's what happened. Schroeder then described a five-point plan that could have led to a peace deal, the first of which would have been a requirement for Ukraine to end its bid to join NATO. Second, there's the problem of language, he said. The Ukrainian parliament had abolished bilingualism and needed to be changed. Thirdly, Donbass remains part of Ukraine. However, the Donbass needs greater autonomy, he continued, describing additional aspects of the plan. Fourth, Ukraine also needs security guarantees. The United Nations Security Council plus Germany should provide these guarantees. Fifth, Crimea. How long is Crimea Russian? For Russia, Crimea is more than just a stretch of land, but part of its history. The war could be ended if it weren't for these geo geopolitical interests. Now, this is where things get interesting. The former chancellor then stated that Ukraine did not agree to the terms of the plan during a peace meeting in Istanbul because they were not, quote, allowed to. Wait, come again. They were not they were not allowed to agree to the terms of the plan. And this is a direct quote for everything they discussed. They first had to ask the Americans. Ukrainians did. I had two talks with Umarov, then a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Putin, and then with Putin's envoy, Schroeder said. He went on to say that both sides appeared open to most, if not all, of the points in the plan, stating that Ukraine was willing to renounce NATO membership, provide greater autonomy for the Donbas region, and return and reintroduce the Russian language where speakers make up large segments of the population. But in the end, he said... Nothing happened. My impression was that nothing could happen because everything else was decided in Washington. That was fatal, he said, because the result will now be that Russia will be tied more closely to China, which the West should not want. The former German leader continued, or do they? The Biden administration has remained committed to providing Ukraine with military aid for, quote, as long as it takes, even as the conflict has largely devolved into a stalemate with neither side being able to gain ground. Biden recently announced plans for that massive $106 billion aid package in a rare Oval Office address. We brought it to you last week. Ukraine would be the primary beneficiary of the package receiving 60 of those billion dollars. So let's get this straight. Putin wanted something very specific. Ukraine wanted something specific. The two sides agreed to the other side's asking points and said, all right, we can agree on this. Let's make it happen. And the person at the middle 
the one who meddles the most, who meddles in things we ought not meddle in, but is king at meddling, meddled anyway. And they said no to a peace deal. No, which would have saved God knows how many lives. No to a deal which have obviously prevented the destruction of how many communities, how many buildings, how much infrastructure, how much that's going to have to be rebuilt. And ah, who do you suppose the contractors will be who will swoop in and help Ukraine, quote unquote, rebuild? Hmm. Are they contractors that are connected to Joe and Jim's, you know, the Biden crime family syndicate? One can only imagine. Are they going to be people who are connected to the Bill and Hillary crime family foundation? One can only imagine. But there's one thing that's obviously true. War is expensive. War takes a lot of money. And we have a government right now that is pushing two freaking monstrous wars on you and your family's bank account. We also happen to have an internal struggle in our house where Republicans are divided on exactly how much we should be funding and how much we should be paying attention to we the people of America first. We also have a Democrat party which believes in lockstep and votes as such in the never-ending funding of said wars. So you have to ask yourself as a common-sense citizen, who represents you and who represents war? You know the answer. And when it comes down to it, and when people start waking up and pushing back, Start paying attention to the emotion that is dropped on all of this. The emotion of propaganda. Because we're seeing it every single moment. Specifically in the Middle East. Specifically in the Gaza Strip right now. You're not getting a whole lot of news out of Ukraine, are you? You're not getting a whole lot of sob stories out of there, are you? Because war is awful and we all know that. But you start to understand how precarious the game is when emotion and propaganda and lies and headlines and fake pictures and fake headlines come out and they're perpetrated and perpetuated by your mainstream news outlets because they are down with war too. Why? I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't think we should have to pay for it. Last time I checked, the Biden family should be paying its fair share for said efforts. No, because you can guarantee that the $200,000 personal check that Jim Biden wrote to his brother Joe for a loan repayment wasn't recorded by the IRS. But meh, who's paying attention? Oh, that's right. We are. All right, when we come back, and I've got a next segment for you. This is an administration of box-checking buffoons. It's obviously clear. The White House admits now to doxing U.S. Special Force troops who were visiting, who were in Israel, who Joe Biden met when he flew over for that photo op. This is how little they care about we the people and we the people who protect us 
and others around the world. This is what you get when you vote box checking next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, I love this new message about war. There's an America first thing about it, right? Look, we're going to create jobs if we approve and, and continue this war. Could that be why the Biden administration thwarted plans early into the war in Ukraine with Russia? Because they wanted this never-ending moneymaker? Of course. So this story from Politico, Biden has a new message about the war. There's an America first twist. This is a left-wing organization saying this. The White House now stressing that weapons for Ukraine are being made in the United States, hoping that you're going to get kumbaya on it. Because what he's saying is, look, we drew down our strategic stockpiles of of guns and tanks and planes and drones and all of it right 40 odd times to give to ukraine and so now it's time to get americans back to work and let's rebuild our supplies does that make you feel better about 106 billion more dollars because it doesn't make me feel any better his argument many of the supplies are being made in america and that's good for american jobs so in his Oval Office address on Thursday, seeking more than $106 billion in aid for Israel, Ukraine, and other things, he linked the fight against Russia's invasion to the attacks by Hamas. But he also underscored that much of Ukraine's funding he is seeking will never leave the United States. I'm not falling for it. I think it's a garbage argument. I think they are doing anything they can to keep the gravy train going. How much money do you need while simultaneously sucking? What are you getting? Are you getting a really special elite force here? No. Your Biden administration of box-checking buffoons is giving you exactly what you thought it was when you voted against them in 2020. How about this? Breitbart. White House doxes special forces in Biden photo op blunder. We saw this last week. I know you did as well. Here's the story. The White House has admitted to accidentally doxing American special forces in Israel by by posting a photo of their faces on Instagram, which put, of course, their safety at risk. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm a mom and I would know better than to do that. The incident occurred after Joe Biden's visit to Israel as the White House posted a photo of Biden meeting with special operators on its Instagram account, which allegedly has 7.6 million followers. All right, we'll just say that that's true, that they actually have that many people. It was up apparently for an hour, long enough for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people to see it, to comment on it, to screen grab it, which they did. This failure to blur or otherwise obscure the faces of special forces, which could reveal their identities to adversaries and put their missions, their lives, and their families' lives at risk. There were other markings visible that could also identify them. In fact, in the photo itself, the guy who's shaking Joe Biden's hand is heavily tatted. He's got the elements of a, of a partial sleeve of tats on his right side. The caption of the photo read, in Israel, President Biden met with first responders. (laughs) Like they're a bunch of EMTs, right? Thanks for coming. Met with first responders to thank them for their bravery and the work they're doing in response to the Hamas terror attacks. How do you, how do you, right? 
after retired Army Chief Warrant Officer Samuel Shoemate brought the blunder to the public's attention, and after hundreds of thousands have already seen the photo, the White House took it down and they apologized. Yeah, that was our bad. Sorry. Oops. Yeah. We didn't know. Right. But this is the typical response. Right. We were just as shocked as you were. But when we found out, we took immediate action and are now cooperating fully. That's your get out of jail card. As This is the quote. As soon as this was brought to our attention, we immediately deleted the photo. We regret the error and any issues this may have caused. The White House said. Any issues like, you know, people who have crossed our border, who we have no earthly idea anything about because they weren't properly vetted purposefully. If any of these individuals are working with foreign governments, are themselves part of terror cells who saw those photos, would it really be that much of a hard sell to track these men and women down to find out where they live? To hurt people close to them? Certainly not. But thank God the White House, they took immediate action, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, when asked about it, when asked about it, Pentagon Press Secretary Brigadier General Pat Ryder said, oh, I'd have to uh, refer you to the White House on that. I, I just don't have any information to provide. Isn't that so typical? We're going to do something because we're terrible at our jobs, because we were more interested in as an administration and checking boxes and saying, look, Pete Buttigieg is gay. Hey, look, so is Corrine Jean-Pierre. Hey, look, the secretary of the interior is a Native American. Oh, look, we've got some black people. We've got some Asian people. Doesn't that make you all feel good about your elected leaders? What a melting pot of humanity. You go, people. You go. No, I'd much rather have people who don't suck. And so their answer is always, oops, yeah, sorry. Um, But we took immediate action, and when asked about it by the media, that's not my department. You'll have to go ask them about that. Well, will it be your department when something terrible happens to these men and women? Hopefully, God willing, never. Mm, Got it. So the strategic drawdown of our supplies, military supplies, it's almost as bad as the strategic drawdown of the, str- of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is now at a dangerous 40-year low as we're flirting with war in the Middle East. I mean, what, what could possibly go wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Joe Biden wants to refill them. At what cost? Oh, boy, get out your checkbook next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. <laughs> 